0: Hello and welcome to According to John where today uh, So today we're going to discuss a few things that I think are well I'm really not sure about this question, man. Parents are hearing this
1: question from their children. This is a School, real this is a real question, guys. This is sad, but it is our world. Yeah. And I think we need to tackle it Pastor John.
0: Yeah, so uh, well, let's let's introduce ourselves, and then we're going to get started. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister, and we're going to be discussing why, this is the question, real question, and they're similar like this, why am I held accountable for my sin when I didn't ask to be born? <laughs> This is so sad, it is so scary, and this would never have
1: even gone through my mind or my children's mind well or,
0: there there have been court cases when where adults living in parents' homes refused to leave, refused to get a job, refused to leave, and they the as a matter of fact the the one that went to court. Was because the guy said, Why should I have to take care of me when I didn't ask to be to be born, and so I should be my parents' responsibility for life? Mm-hmm. Well, that's no different than this in a sense. it's It's still all about them. <sighs> I've heard kids
1: really troubled kids in our youth group saying, I didn't ask to be born' And boy, when you hear that, my heart breaks. Oh my goodness! And I because there's there's deeper issues when people say that. Yeah, that's there's deep issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're living in Sodom. (sighs) If God was giving a movie title to uh, America today, I think it would be Sodom Two. Yes. Uh, So many are growing up in broken homes where dads not there, blended families, and the. I mean, when you have a, a united by you know biological family, what's a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, a
0: yeah, united a, a core group. You, mom, and kids, mom, dad, and kids. And when you oh, take, oh, you mean a normal family? But <laughs> there's no or, such or thing. Or a biblical family? Yeah, that's okay. it. Uh, a <laughs> normal? Who knows? Normal's not. Is nor, normal's uh, not even a. Not on a the, real word, is nah. it? <laughs> but it's hard enough. <laughs> because what is normal? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. I don't know if we can even do a podcast on that. I would know where to start. I don't know where I'd start. But with <laughs> it, when you have mom and dad uh, working really hard, and you have we have Christian community, uh, we have a youth group. My kids grew up in in a, in a world, and it's it just today that. that that normalcy that God intended is gone. Right, right, right. And dad's a mess and mom's all messed up and grandparents are messed up. So I
0: guess normal is God's idea of family, marriage, in life. The model, yeah. God, that's the model. That
1: would be model. It's
0: so that rare would... today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and, that's not still not normal. And the further <laughs> the further th- I'm trying to the, trying to land the plane here on yeah, normal. There is none. Yeah, I don't think you can, John. You're just going to be doing right. Not out of gas. <laughs>
1: crash fueled. and burn. But <laughs> the further children are raised from God's model, the more insecure they are. Mm. Uh, kids they hate instruction but they need it they need structure and the parents are just trying to be their friends and just let them just you know let them play on their phone all day and not hold them accountable for responsibility and the kids talk back and there's no authority and the kids wind up saying horrific sad Mm -hmm. things like this
0: and this is well let's go to the lord in prayer and then we're going to get started let's pray dear heavenly father Lord, we come before you seeking your face, Father, asking for uh, guidance, clarity in thought, clarity in speech, and, Father, that you give all of us clarity in hearing uh, as we look into your word and we discuss this topic. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, there are a multitude of parents who have heard this question, right, Uh, or who have made the statement, I didn't ask to be born. And uh, so now they want the parents to, uh, rather than them grow up or them to accept responsibility and accountability, they want to keep putting it on the parents. And and that obviously causes uh, massive issues, right? And so, if this is brought up, it's usually because kids don't want to be held responsible or accountable for uh, anything that they do and
1: say. And if they're not being held responsible for little things, I mean, right from the start, then in the end, they will want to be responsible for nothing.
0: Yeah, and it's too late. I'm going to tell you, man. If you're trying to if if you're trying to work with a teenager and turn them around. Uh, it's going to be a complicated job unless God gets hold of their heart. That's the only answer. It really is, right? And, but what's really interesting is um, this usually happens when you tell a child to do something and then they're like, I didn't know how to be born. Why do I got to do this? Why do I got to do that? But they never, they never bring that question up or statement up, I didn't ask to be born, when you're offering them gifts and you're trying to take care of them and you're helping them You want them a new out.
1: iPhone? You want a new game station? I don't uh, know what they call those things.
0: Oh, and they're like, oh, yeah, thank you. They don't stop and go, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask for this. You don't <laughs> so, need to get that for me. <laughs> yeah, so you, we know immediately the statement comes from uh, an arrogant, prideful, uh, heart. It's a it's a pride issue, right? It's, it's kind
1: of the fallen nature and complete command and control. Uh, I want all the blessings and no responsibilities.
0: Right. And that's really what it comes down to. And so when when parents think that, oh, well, this is if they think it's an emotional or a mental issue, um, it's a it's a lazy issue. It's a uh, don't hold me in a position where I have to respond good because I didn't ask for any of that. I want to do what I want to do, and as long as you put anything on me, you're taking away what I want to do. And So therefore, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is, dude, if it comes down to it. It is sad that they say this or ask the question, but the truth is, it comes from arrogance. Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, it doesn't start out with that question. It's it just start this is something that they don't even think about till they are maybe 12, 13, 14, 15 after you know many years of just having being catered to and having it my way. And then finally they're just right. they're just giving up. Right. Maybe I'll interject this. I mentioned it to you this in our preparation time, Pastor John. there's a movement, a youth movement all across China yes. today and they, there's three words the youth use it, uh, this identifies a movement called in English, let it rot. They've look, taken a look at what the Communist Chinese party has offered them, and the whole uh, Ponzi scheme of their real estate has crashed. Oh, uh, dude, China's in so much trouble right now. They, they have been so controlled uh, societally with all of the facial recognition, and if you cross anything from the party, you may just disappear. Mm-hmm. They got the social credit system. These kids are like, forget about it. Right. Let but, it
0: rot, and that's where America is. Our kids are—they may not have the mentality of let it rot, but all their actions are the same. Don't go to work. Don't do anything. Uh, keep your face stuck in computers. Don't respond. Don't communicate.
1: Well, the sociologists that are observing and trying to figure out this movement in China—they're saying, you know, this is the result of growing up, in a you know, in a really godless society, and they've been—they t- uh, have been. Pampered with the one-child families, only one child. These kids are pampered, and they do put a lot of pressure on these kids to be responsible to care for the their parents as seniors. And these kids have, you know, there's there's pressure upon them. There's a real huge imbalance between uh, way more men than women. And these guys, these young guys, got like no chance to get married. They say let it rot. I'm yeah. done. They're checking out. Isn't that so crazy? So sad. And yet, in America, you're starting to see this same thing. I don't know if it's a trend, but I I work closely with a lot of uh, teachers and administrators in the public school system, and these kids come in and they're saying these things. Right. Right. I never. Well, they're jacked up,
0: boring. man. Kids are jacked up today. They re- they really are. Sad. Yeah. It's a society bottoming out. Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> It's exactly where we're at. What What's really interesting, though, is when they're like, hey, uh, I don't want to uh, – I didn't ask to be born, and the truth is asking to exist is really a contradiction in terms because if someone or something asks, well, then it already exists. So, I mean, like it's like, dude. You're w- in the game whether you you're like in- it or not. <laughs> exactly. So you can
1: sit back and complain about
0: it. Or – Man, you can be the greatest thing anybody ever seen. You can, uh, it's a choice.
1: You can take that mentality of I'm a victim, let it rot. I'll never get anywhere. I don't want to be responsible and you can have no life. Right. Or you can say, wait a minute. Why would I think this way? There's people who get places that, that don't have the assets that I've been blessed with and they do well. And so just a desperate need for Jesus to it, kick in. It desperate really is. Need.
0: And and literally to make the statement, I did not ask to be born is irrational and meaningless because you're already born. And not only that, but when we're conceived, um, we become living souls because God has created us. And there's no one to ask prior to that. And God created us. God made, you know, we're like, oh, the parents created us. No, no, we are designed in God's image. And therefore God knew Jeremiah before he was formed in his womb, in the mother's womb. Right. And so, and children are a gift from God. And so, you know, it's, it's, listen, God designs us and and here we are It's uh, granted it's through the parents it's through the the human obviously if those if those broken kids let's just call
1: them broken kids yeah. mentally there's broken their deficit of of truth uh if if they knew the the biblical value that uh. they have it would change everything it would change everything Pastor right? john i have had yeah because
0: it doesn't matter whether they're happy or not they have to understand they still exist you're in the game. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Once you're born, there's never a moment in time that you don't exist. Mm-hmm. Never. You're here. you're here. Well, not just here. Yeah. You're going
1: to meet somebody you, someday. And,
0: you're going to exist in heaven or hell from this point on. You're like, well, I didn't ask for this. It, it's immaterial. You're here. Mm-hmm. And so now, what are we going to do with it? So, and that's what you were saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I jumped in. No. It, well, it's all stuff that is is
1: relative. So, a couple of times I've had, they were both very wealthy families, right? Bring in their kids who were just had sort of given up, and I don't care. They talked back, and they just did what they wanted to do. They smoked dope. They don't. They don't. They'll cuss out their parents. They're just completely gone. And I ask him I say, "So, how do you like the world you're living in?" Oh, it sucks, man. I can't stand it. And and then uh, they created it. <laughs> and and I and I look at him and I say, "You know what? There's a whole nother world." Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you talking about? And I yes. said, "I I was given up. I had given up on this world. I grew up in the Vietnam era. The the whole racial thing was very uh, close to my heart as a child. I had a lot of black friends, and I learned about." Uh, some issues that weren't right in the bed. priests, uh, you know, back in those days. And I was just angry. And I, and I treated myself medicated myself with booze and dope mm-hmm. just so, cause when I was high, I didn't care right, right. when I was sober. Yeah. Let,
0: let's face it, man. When we're, when we're jacked up on drugs and alcohol, uh, it doesn't get rid of our problems. It just but masks it, them for a while. Yeah, but it sure enough gives us a breath, doesn't it? It <laughs>
1: masks it for a little while. It's always there waiting for us when we come back. Things usually go from bad to worse. Because
0: yeah, because now we've got the drunk problem to deal and, with. and, you know, and, we're, we got broke and <laughs> we're broke. we legal problems.
1: We're broke. We've got legal problems. We get caught doing what Health we're Health issues. We're to go, yeah. I mean, you name it. Yeah, it went from bad to worse. Right. But I remember challenging those kids. I said, oh, you hate this world. You want out of it? I can introduce you to a whole new world. <laughs> whole new world. And I tell them that, you know, when I... Came off the street, you know. I was being followed. I I had cops follow me to church the first few times. I they thought it was a diversionary tactic that right. I was using. <laughs> Seriously, you know, they'd meet me in the church pit parking lot, you know, and I'd wave to them and knock on the window and say, "Hey, come on in. I'm listening, you know. Right. I, right. I I right. know why you're. I know why you followed me here, right. and I'm, I'm I'm innocent now. I'm clean now. But That's you. Funny. You guys got junk on me, but I'm telling you, i I found Jesus. And I just tell these kids, there's a whole nother world. When you get tired enough of this world, right. uh, just come and we'll talk, and I'll tell you about a
0: whole new world. The sad part is they're checking out rather than trying to find a whole new world. Up, yeah, yeah. Stepping up, yeah, yeah. So you know what really matters is what a person chooses today. That's what matters, right? Uh, the fact that you exist doesn't change; it will not change. And um, what's real interesting is the Book of Romans actually touches on this a little bit, right? It, well, it touches on the complaint. <laughs> not so much the question as it does the complaint. Here we go. Uh in Romans 9, 20 through 21. But indeed, oh man, who are you to reply against God? Because remember who created us? Yeah,
1: that's it. This is reply against God, not yeah.
0: just our parents. Yeah, yeah. We because God listen, the Bible says we are God's creation. Yeah. Okay. So Uh, Who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? And so here's what we see is... Uh, the scripture's like, who are you, first off, to question God, who created you? And second, you are the child. Your parents are the parent, and therefore, you, they have the authority over you. And we have this tendency to forget, but yet Romans touches on this. Who are you? Who are you to question your creator? mm-hmm <laughs>
1: I I like that potter and the clay thing, and I I heard something in Bible geography and customs when I was back in Bible college, and I've held it close in my heart all these years. When a a potter's making a vessel, every vessel in his heart and in his mind Mm -hmm. is a vessel of honor. What's the difference between a vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor? It's its use. A vessel of honor has been made carefully by the potter, And then when it's finished and fired and and ready, a vessel of honor, people might buy it or trade for it. And now this is a vessel of honor. You're going to use this vessel to take to the well to get fresh water. Mm -hmm. A vessel of dishonor is how it's used. A lot of times if if a vessel has been marred a little bit, it's not perfect they use it as a vessel of dishonor, where they're washing their hands, washing their feet. It's the refuse water that goes in the vessel of dishonor, and they just take it out and irrigate a little bit with it, and you know irrigate the garden and stuff. So that's the difference between a vessel of honor, and a vessel of dishonor, and the the person as a vessel. We have the choice. I have the choice. I can be a vessel of honor or you can, yeah, you choose what you do. And I yeah. chose to be yeah. a vessel of dishonor, right. put the pedal to the, in metal, the beginning like you. Yeah. And we were, we were total idiots. <laughs> you think and, and, and we, <laughs> we, we partied till we puked. We did all of that stuff. But then, you know, for the, these kids that are in despair, Johnny and I, we were kind of in despair, you know, and angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I was angry at, at the government, I was angry at myself. I was just angry about things I couldn't change. Well, I was angry.
0: <clears throat> I was angry at my family <clears throat> because uh, my dad decides to run off with another woman, leave my mom uh, with three kids uh, by herself, no money, no nothing, poor as dirt, and uh, and then you know all of a sudden because we were poor, uh, then kids bullied us and then because i was bullied i thought dude i will i will i will take your tonsils out myself <laughs> right i mean like that's your that becomes your mentality okay it became yeah. my mentality because hurt people hurt people yeah and i refuse to be the victim of everyone else's bullying and so yeah toughens you up dude i mean just one thing leads to another and then then you're the man and so but then you need you realize you're not the man and then you need some sedation for those thoughts and so then you find those and before you know it man so what pastor john and i are telling us we uh we know what it is to
1: be discouraged Mm -hmm. to be despondent about life to be down to just struggle for johnny more it was fighting in in drugs and me it was just drugs and more drugs and sex drugs and rock and roll that was our whole world just party 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 and yet, as we're doing that, going further and further downhill, there's still uh, that small voice: uh, Jesus Christ lighteth the path of every man that cometh into the world. And these kids that are saying these things, uh, probably they've been they may they may have just been beat up, kind of like you were, and sure. could, whatever the reason. But I've seen it mostly with uh, a lot of affluent kids that have everything given to them and uh they're they're just irresponsible and just don't care and they harden their hearts against their parents and they become just really really messed
0: up but you know what's funny the majority of my fights i mean even when i was a little kid dude i remember getting off the bus and then standing there waiting on a kid to get off the bus because i got tired of him bullying and it was usually always a rich kid (laughs) and because i've didn't dress the nicest and i wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer and i you know whatever it was and i found myself it was always with the affluent because they thought they were just so much better than everyone else
1: finding your niche in being you know bullying the bullies Mm You know and then you know yeah. the other kids on the playground are fearful of the bully, and then and then Pastor John's a good bully, he comes around, beats up the bully. I did, and it, it you begin to get your own identity in that. Yep. It's kind of crazy, but I remember these kids, they're just down, and I tell about tell me about your life, and they just moan and groan, and this ain't right, mm-hmm. and hey, complain, and and they're living in affluence. And, of course, I realize this is the result of, of poor parenting, mm-hmm. just throwing money at it, and the parents are desperate. Parents don't have any answers. They just, the kid has no uh, moral training. He has no spiritual training. He just, all he does is play games and just just does his thing. And I just tell you, if you're sick of this world, I can bring you into a whole new world, and it won't be an easy world, but it'll be an awesome world.
0: Well, here here's the thing, too, is God wants you Listen, God created us to be in a better world. It's not but our pride and our attitude that that takes us to the toilet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we become turds of the earth because... Uh, it is our attitude and our pride and our arrogance, or our th- uh, we think we're better than we are, or we think we deserve everything yeah. when we need to work for it. But, but here's the better world that you're saying uh, is what God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29:11, "For I know the thoughts I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope." Oh, Amen. Thank you, Jeremiah. And he's like, "Listen, God's like, my 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 idea for you is to give you a future and a hope." And uh, he goes on to ter- talk to Jeremiah, "Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you."
1: Somebody's going from a world of despair and hopelessness to a world of purpose and pleasure. Yeah, and pur- but purpose is what brings pleasure. Yeah, you know, you get right. just sitting with a machine and just. And so
0: God there. created us for a purpose. Uh, sh- screaming, Amen! And the problem is, if we don't stop and take the time to learn what God has said, we'll never know our purpose, mm-hmm. and you'll come up empty. And you're going to come up empty, and then you're going to you're going to have this attitude: "Why well, didn't ask to be born?" And no one asked a pot or a computer or a car or a watch to be born. Nobody, a wa- I mean, a watch and all that never says or asks for permission to be born. We're born, and anything born out of that is subject to the creator. And when we fight the creator... Then we're doomed. That's what. That's when we have this attitude of, I didn't ask to be born, I don't deserve this, you should take care of me, uh, this isn't what I wanted. Well, no, it's not what God wanted for you either. But uh, if we don't adjust... Our attitude, and what we really realize is uh, that most people uh, that say this or that wish they had never been born is usually a response from a personal tragedy or pain. Yeah. Every time. Look here in Job 3, 1 through 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth, and Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born and the night in which it was said a male child is conceived. And so what do we see? We see, first off, Job is in tragedy. He's in despair, and (laughs) he hates the day he was born.
1: Sure. Man, he just lost six kids and all his riches are just all gone in an instant.
0: Everything everything is gone. And so, uh, listen, there's nothing unfair about God holding us accountable for our sin. Uh, even if we were not involved in the beginning of our own existence, because we weren't, but there's still that thing where God says, Hey, listen, and we see it through Job, right? He's like, I wish I were dead. I wish I were dead. And then Job ultimately gets with God and God makes it clear Job's purpose. Job gets right with God and it straightens it all out. And then Job's a-
1: ladder of Job was double the beginning. There was a purpose in it, Pastor yeah. John. There's yes. Always
0: a purpose. Yes. I've said to kids
1: that I've dealt with in counsel in this situation just a handful of times over the years, but they all have a, a spirit of entitlement. Yep. And, uh, you know, oh, I deserve, I, I don't deserve this responsibility, uh-huh. but I deserve uh, all, everything given to me on a silver platter. And I just asked them this question, what if your parents had this same position you're taking? I wouldn't have to be born. I said, you would have none of this. Right. I said, they sucked it up. Everybody has to suck it up. You got to suck it up. Right. Or... You can be a parasite for the rest of your life, accomplish nothing. You're miserable now and you can stay miserable and, and you can help other miserable people feel justified in their misery. Yep. Or you can decide that I'm going to face up to some facts, the facts of life. Y- y- there is a creator. He, he created you and you're going to face him one day. Wouldn't you like to find out what that's going to be like F- and be- begin to discover your purpose. Mm-hmm. When you discover your purpose, you're going to get fulfillment, not by having an easy way, but to fulfill your purpose. When you came here, Sherry, to launch this church, uh, how many, 16 years ago? Over 16 now. Yeah, we're heading into our 17th year. It wasn't easy. Right. It was trusting God for everything and working really hard and getting paid very little. But it was a purpose. It was, it, God put that in your heart. And I tell these kids, I said, you know, if you look to God, he'll put something in your heart. First of all, you're valuable to him. You're not, you don't, he didn't make you to be a parasite. Right. He made you to be a, a blessing. And they, you know, if they start listening. Right. You know, I said, you can. You well, can, a lot of times too, they're never, they've
0: never heard this. Yeah. They've never been told or encouraged.
1: I said you can embrace right. your depravity. You can embrace your 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 gloom, doom and gloom, and and just let it rot. Mm-hmm. Or you can face it and say, right. you know what, yeah. that's how I feel. But what is truth?
0: Well, so here's the here's the thing too, right? You're you're talking about all this stuff and that they need to look at, face, and so on and so forth. But the reality is that those who claim that they didn't want to be born and they didn't ask to be born. They're rejecting God's morality. They're rejecting God's salvation. They're rejecting the idea of hell. They're rejecting anything that's biblical because it's all about them and the way they
1: want it. And a further tragedy is this. They don't even know the other side of the story. Uh, (laughs) They don't even know about it. They don't. And I remember when I went to church mm-hmm. with Jeannie, I went in and I sat in the back, and it, I was very nervous. People were so gracious to me. Oh, you're Duke. We've been praying for you. And I'm like I don't <laughs> pray for me, but they, they, I was. They made it clear they was glad I was there. They made it clear they hoped I'd come back. One guy said, right. "I hope you find what you're looking for." And I went out, and Jeannie said, "What did you think?" I said, "That was a whole new world, right?" And I need it. Yeah. I will be back for that.
0: I went through the same thing.
1: I didn't even know what I didn't know. Right. <laughs> but I,
0: it didn't matter.
1: <laughs> no, but I was a mess. Right. I needed it. Right. I felt hope in there. Those guys yeah. know. They have, re, they have answers to their questions. I just got questions. Right. And I'll ask a question in school and all this uh, relativity and so-and-so thinks this and Aristotle said that. And <laughs> according to Eastern mysticism, it, you know, I'm right. like, come on, man, give me something real. Right. And I right. felt like I'm going back there, right? And that's why I challenge these right. because I won't, I won't grovel with them. Oh, you poor soul! I won't pity them at all. I said I just feel sorry for you, man. Right. I, I, I don't give you pity, but I feel sorry for you because there's a whole other world. And if you want to just stay here and play your video games and complain about how yucky your parents are, I can't help you. But right. if you'd like to step up to a challenge, mm-hmm.
0: I can introduce you to a whole new world. Well, and that's what th- they get so focused on the negative and themselves that they uh don't realize that, that God has provided an opportunity for heaven, for good, for fun, for l- real life, not just existing, right? Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, right? So we have an opportunity to choose. How about Acts 16:31? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. You have an opportunity to choose. You believe on Jesus, you'll be saved, which leads the other, if you don't believe on Jesus, you won't be saved, This, but this is your choice, right? Getting saved is the doorway into this new world I'm talking it, about. Exactly, and so uh, what we have to understand is all sin is a choice. Everything we do is a choice. Listen, when people say, you don't understand, because uh, I'm like, hey, you, you lied. You don't understand, I had to lie. No, 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 no. You chose to lie because you had a choice, and uh, you chose to go against God. Well, you don't understand I did it to protect no no no. You didn't do it to protect anybody but yourself. That's why we lie as a self as a mode. as is it's a mode of self preservation. Mm-hmm. I lie because and I don't manipulation. want manipulation. Absolutely. And so guess what? I'm gonna lie to help you. You know why? Because I don't want you to dislike me. hmm I had to lie for my child. No, 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 no. You didn't want your child mad at you. You had to let your child go through what they went through so they'll learn, but you decided to lie so they wouldn't learn a lesson except for that. It's okay to lie. Any
1: rate, You know, John, as you you mentioned, the parents there, um, and I think part of what we're trying to say here, we do run into uh, this question way too often. I'm stunned by it, to be quite honest with you. How many
0: people are like, I didn't ask to be born.
1: I see kids sitting in church like... And then I see kids sitting in church ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I think part of this ministry of this podcast would be to parents. And I look back, and by the grace of God, uh, John and I raised, uh, we raised three. Johnny's raised eight, and we got grandkids. Come, Excuse me. I did three. He did two. I got eight grandkids. I'm sorry, Johnny. Just just to get my. I'm like, do you know something I don't know? (laughs) I got my tang tangled up there.
0: (laughs) I went, look, I went.
1: Hey, he <laughs> he's got two i got three and by the and we raised them in uh what are their generation gen x or what are they i don't know are man. they millennials I don't, they're I'm in a, their third, well, I, 20 20 older. to, 20 to 30s older than years yeah what i'm saying we yeah. raised our kids in a crappy world yeah. my kids went to i think your kids too went to public school mm-hmm. yeah But we sat them down we engaged our children. De- we we deprogrammed them every day. <laughs> yeah, we programmed them every day till That's they right. went to school. That's then right. we deprogrammed right. them every day. We did it at dinner. Dinner uh-huh. was sacred at our house.
0: Supper table. Yep. Yeah. And that the was our- generation that stopped having dinner at the dinner table every evening was the beginning. Of the downfall of the country i believe amen
1: amen that was our family altar that yep. was our family church we yep. sat down and we didn't take a bite of food until first we thank god mm-hmm. for it and uh and then we discussed everybody's day exactly and, you know, a lot of times it was small talk, but sometimes they would jump in with some issues. And boy, the whole family ganged up together uh, for the one who's struggling. Yeah.
0: But now, now mom and dad's so busy trying to pay the bills, not at their fault necessarily in this economy, right? Uh, that they have to both have to work just to make ends meet. And so, what did we do? I Man, it was Satan's ploy to destroy the family. Yeah.
1: Golly. My daughter and her husband are in ministry and they have carried on that same tradition. Dinner is sacred. Sacred. And they do exactly the same things. And all three of their children have been in public school and have all continued to walk with God, have yeah. one people yeah. to Jesus. Uh yeah, because
0: so- the home is the heartbeat of the children, man. What goes on in the home will go on outside the home.
1: I tell parents, get your kids completely engaged around the dinner table. Get your kids completely engaged with the greatest group of kids you can find. Go to church, have those church kids from good, solid families. Because it does
0: matter who they hang out with.
1: Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And so we would bring we would have our kids friends in our home we take them on vacation with us and we had some very godly homes in our church uh, Norman, Ver, Marilyn Valu, by halfway raised my daughters in uh, uh, the Mays family, halfway raised my son. And these were good, solid people. And my kid, Leah said in fifth grade, when she transitioned out of public, private school, Christian school to public school, she told the teacher, oh, I don't have to be cool at school. I'm cool at church. And when you have that you,
0: mentality,
1: dude, yeah. you're going to win. <laughs> and that girl never broke my trust. She raised right. three children who, one's in Bible college now, the other one's going to Bible college next year, and the other one uh, is 14 and just won the national championship for cheer. How about that? Right. First national champion ever from our family. How cool is that? she was the one that was born with serious heart defect on age two, day two, had major heart surgery on day six, had another major surgery, life and death death, but God just said, no, right. I'm going to bless this girl. She's national cheer champion. They just did it in Orlando, Florida, uh, last week. And so here we are living in troubled times, uh, raising your kids in a secular world. And yet they come out loving Jesus, right. loving each other, loving mom and dad, having purpose for life. Dinner table, dude. <laughs> it's it's the altar, man. Yes, Go to yes, the
0: altar man. every day. Right. So, uh, we talked about sin as a choice. Salvation is a choice. John three thirty six, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So again, you have this choice. You can you can I didn't ask to be born, or you can say. Lord, now that I'm alive, what would you have me to do? Yeah. And when there's that
1: surrender of heart, mm-hmm. you'll never ask that question again. Yeah, yeah. But th- ask that question because they're feeling it.
0: Well, they, they, listen, people who ask that, they're really saying, I want to do things my own way and still get the result I want.
1: Mm-hmm. And it won't work. It
0: does not work, right? Absolutely. Listen, God alone decides uh, when we start to exist god alone decides when we start to exist and uh that it does not move or negate our responsibility uh to make decisions and we are going to decide to sin or not sin and so god creates us god creates us for a purpose and then we can either seek his face to find out our purpose or we can seek our own face and find out our destruction yeah what
1: Pastor John is saying is eternal truth. And Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will what?
0: Set you free. Yeah. Right? So, hey, guys, listen. Rather than complain um, uh, that that I don't like my choices, I don't want to be an adult, I don't want to accept responsibility, uh, we can stay in that eternal misery uh on earth or we can go to eternal joy in heaven we're saying days put your hand in the hand of the man from galilee Amen. amen amen hey guys listen uh we need to rejoice in the opportunity uh that god has given us to spend eternity with him and so i pray that you do that and guys i hope this has helped and if it has uh then um please share like follow subscribe and until next time God bless.